This is Afterbirth, the fourth and more postpartum support group brought to you by Preggers Can Be Choosers. In this podcast, we offer peer-to-peer support, not paid psychotherapy. We try to offer support and personal experiences over solutions. If you find yourself in need of more support, the Postpartum Support International, or PSI, warm line is 1-800-944-4773. You can also send a text message to 503-894-9453. English and Spanish options are available. If you'd like to join our conversation live, we meet every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Central Time. Need a reminder? You can sign up for text alerts at www.preggers.rock. Lastly, if you find this podcast helpful, please consider sponsoring this group for 99 cents a month. And don't forget to share this podcast with friends and family who may find it helpful too. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everybody, this is Rowan Two Sisters with Preggers Can Be Choosers. And here in Houston, Texas, today is April 21st, 2020. And we are currently... Um, navigating life as a global pandemic is in effect. So this is the Afterbirth, the fourth and more trimester support group. And we uh, come together every Tuesday, Central American U.S. time. Uh, It's 11 o'clock every Tuesday. And we talk about whatever we got to talk about. And you're invited if you're newly postpartum, if you're seven years postpartum, if you're pregnant, if you're support or whatever. We're just a group of folks who love each other. And we just have a commitment to show up every Tuesday at 11. So um, I'm doing okay. I have um, one of the things they talk about with um, COVID is that it uh, affects your body with a cytokine storm, which is like an inflammation response. And I'm having an inflammation response. Um, I have an autoimmune disorder that um, has an autoimmune or has an inflammation response. So it currently expresses itself in rashes. And so that's what's going on here. It's got some eye business. I'm looking up scar cream and face creams because I didn't think I was that vain. And now I'm like, my eyes look like my dad's. So face cream 101. I'm going to be that person that spends all the money on the face creams now. And I don't feel a little bit, even a little bit bad about it. So that's me. So unmute yourselves and introduce yourselves and let's get going. I'm going to go. Uh, I'm Maggie. Um, I am... 31-ish weeks, almost 31 weeks pregnant, um, and I have a four-year-old, and um, uh, the eye thing for COVID, it's eyes, the throat, and like just your entire respiratory system. Um, Lots of ginger has helped me, just in case you were curious. I can drop off some, uh, Michael made me like a fire cider ginger beer combo if you want some. Right on. And can you tell people um, a little bit, just real quickly, what brought you to this group? Um, I, oh, I, I have, what brought me here is I tested positive for COVID and I went down this deep depression for like, I don't know, maybe two weeks. And I'm slowly coming out of it. Like, I, I'm having, you know, part of the insomnia still, where you like can't go to sleep because your brain is racing. But I have been eating better and, um, 
making sure I'm getting plenty of outside time so that my respiratory system is like healing so that I can burst into the birthing center instead of having to go to the hospital with fear of being separated from my baby. So um, that's why I'm showing up. Yeah. Hi, I'm Bev. Um, I'm a mother of four and um, I'm having some anxiety right now because my kids were, they're at their dad's house. Um, they were supposed to just stay for a weekend and then it ended up being, um, he said he didn't have to work on Monday. So he said he would keep them another day. And then yesterday um, I got a call from him saying that the five-year-old has a high fever and um so he had like a a virtual appointment online uh appointment with a pediatrician and basically he has a lot of issues with his tonsils and he was supposed to get his tonsils removed um before all this happened and they ended up like right as his surgery was coming up they they shut all those surgeries down. Um, and he's really susceptible to like certain sicknesses because of it. Um, and he gets strep like all the time. And so we're just really hoping that it's strep, but for right now they're staying put at their dad's house and um, I'm having a really hard time not being with him while he's going through this. and just like not knowing what's going on. And um, basically the plan is for right now to just keep an eye on him. And if more symptoms come up or if things get worse, then then he'll go in for a test. But for right now, they're, they're saying to just um, stay at home. So that's where I'm at. I'm Tiffany, um, mom of two, a four-year-old and a five-year-old. We are, um, I shared this in the last group that we bought a house and we are closing on the house um, May 18th. Thank you. Um, so this will be our fourth residence in 14 months. So we're going through a lot of changes and um, we're excited, but it's also going to be interesting because this is another situation where we thought we would get a lot of help and we might be getting zero help for moving, but the girls are older, so they'll be able to actually help and help us make decisions and things as opposed to um, having to get sitters or find something to have them occupied. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like the big thing that's going on. Um, our stay-at-home order has been ex extended to May 15th. So our closing day is actually the first day where Barry and Lily would go back to school, <laughs> which makes things a lot more confusing. Um, but we're just trying to wait and see what happens. Um, we still have like, you know, stuff to wrap up with this finalizing so it, we have about a month left to move um 
we're excited, but th it's still like a, a very trying time. We're still trying to get into the flow of doing work and Lily doing schoolwork and me doing the homeschool thing. And um, yeah, it's all a process, but I'm here. Hey, I'm Caitlin. Um, I have a five-year-old and a two-year-old and we're doing okay other than some minor like scheduling bumps trying to get everyone on their schedules. Um, we've had a couple of wins. Last night my son, my five-year-old, read aloud his first two books and that was super cool and exciting. Um, but otherwise, I'm here for support today just to be here. Love you guys. We're, we're doing okay. Um, other than the price of oil, because my husband's in the oil industry, and fuck. So, yeah. Hey, I am um, Adila, or Hamadi. Um, hey, hey, get out of that drawer. Anyways. Uh, I, I think I'm 29 weeks. I don't know. I'm at that point where I'm about to start seeing my midwife every two weeks. <laughs> and, um, uh, I have a four-year-old, a two-year-old and a 10-month-old. And anyways, I, there's like a few things going on. Number one, I feel like this is my fourth baby. So I'm like super relaxed about a lot of things with this baby, uh, which may be good, maybe bad. Uh, but um, I don't think I'm going to be taking the GBS test or the glucose test. Um, I never had an issue with my glucose before even though I feel like I'm eating a lot of sweets now um, or a lot of things right now with this whole COVID-19. Um, yeah, that doesn't, that doesn't go on that top. So sorry. Um, and our cat is going through hell right now. Uh, he wasn't like two weeks ago, he wasn't eating and was looked real skinny. And so I came to the vet and he had like a tooth infection and ear infection. They said the two times he'd pulled out. Hey, and um, took a blood test and found out that his, he's got jaundice. His belly rubin levels were like up really high and they wanted to put a feeding tube in him that was going to stick out of his neck. And I was like, I can't afford that. Like, I can't do that. No, it's like, oh, just give me the medication and I'll try to do what I can at home. And he was doing pretty good after a week. And then I think he kind of had a relapse just like two days ago. Um, so he's doing not too good now again. Um, and so we're going to see another vet on Thursday to get a second opinion because this vet is kind of weird to me. I don't know. It's all very, you know, it's right now it's, it's a little bit about money. Um, cause we gotta be financially smart and, uh, I've never had to put a cat down because I financially can't pay for their medical bills. That sucks. But it is the situation I'm in right now, and I cried a lot about it earlier, but I'm, I'm, I'm good now, a little bit. Um, but it was really interesting because, like, 
with his, he had this ear infection and like, then his ear was turning a different color and the vet's been calling me, asking me how he's doing. And yesterday I talked to him and I was like, yeah, you know, his ear's turning like a different color. And so I stopped giving him the medicine. He's like, okay, take a picture of it and send it to me. And I was like, sure. And I did. He's like, oh, well, that's jaundice. And he needs to come in today or tomorrow to get that feeding tube in him. And I was like, well, I already knew he had jaundice. Um, and I kind of like jokingly or sarcastically messaged that vet back. And I was like, well, unless that surgery is under $300, it's just not going to happen right now. And I need to think about my options. And later that day, that vet, uh, the secretary or office front girl desk called me and she was like, yeah, I'm just calling to give you an estimate on the surgery. It's going to be $300 and 70 cents. Hey y'all, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to get right back to it. Getting back to our real talk afterbirth style and I was like what like I spent more than that on his visit his blood work and his medication and now you're telling me the surgery is just 300 it just makes me think okay well, number one they're just wanting they're they're desperate for the business um uh so anyways but yeah that's where we're at so there's like it's it's kind of like feeding a newborn right now because we're I'm having to syringe feed him and uh, and then also feed him his medication like three times a day. Anyways, that's kind of. I guess I'm last. <laughs> um, I'm Dr. B. I'm uh, part of Preggers Can Be Choosers and things are difficult holding the um, container for all my people and myself is a lot and the world is a lot and animals are jumping. My dog died last week. My therapist's cat died last week. Russell Brand's cat died last week. Not that he's, you know, my litmus for all things, but I'm just noticing lots of animals transitioning. And I know that my dog, my other dog died right after Harvey. And I know that these times are really stressful. Um, so just a lot of empathy and compassion. And if you need uh, information on a vet, he'll come to your house and put your sweet baby down if you wanted to do that at home. Um, we've done that the last couple of times and it was really nice. Like we couldn't have taken Phoebe anywhere. Um, you know, she had to be at home. Otherwise it would have been terrifying. So it was the best choice for us. The worst choice, but still a choice nonetheless. So there you go. Still here, brokenhearted. Yeah. And I want to say that no cat ever wants a feeding tube. Like no animal that does a jumping around and doing stuff wants something sticking out of its neck that it's not used to, that it's going to snag or, you know, drag or whatever. And once you put a feeding tube in, that's real, like, that's how it is. It's like, they even see that for like older folks. Like if you um, just really think if you have a parent or somebody who's going through a complication and they want to put in a feeding tube, you really have to think about what is this person's life going to look like and because they hard, it's hard to get them extubated out. And anyways, it's just um, a big problem and it's intense. So um, anyway, all right. Well, what do you want to talk about today? Do anybody have something hot on their mind? All right. Well, I would like to know a little bit more about Tiffany's like process of buying a house because 
life is still going on. And so how are things that used to be handled a certain way, how are we handling them now? You know, like, like an example is, um, Maggie, is it okay to disclose our relationship? On, okay, I've got consent. So I'm doing some gap care for Maggie. And um, like, so normally you would go and see your midwife a bunch, but I'm doing her prenatal tomorrow virtually. So that's how, like, that's one of the ways that something that used to be that you go into your midwife a bunch, um, you know, like it stays on that same schedule of every four weeks and every two weeks and then every week. So Maggie's in the every two week now. And, um, but we're doing some of her work virtually while she's like navigating some insurance hookups and stuff. So that's one of the ways that what, you know, like this is the new normal, right? And it might stay the new normal later on. So Tiffany, can you walk us through the process of how you, what was the normal of that, of buying a house during um, kind of the, the vibe that's going on now? And if anybody else has something else they want to throw out, like, you know, of course, we're, we're ready to look at everything together. So um, We had a realtor already. Um, we worked with him when we first moved to Maryland, and he showed us around to a few places to rent. Um, and we had been, we've been in touch with him, you know, the, through fall and winter and just keeping him updated as to what we're looking for in a house to buy. So once we moved into the apartment, he knew that, you know, our next step would be buying a house. And he had, you know, like a little portal or website that would update us with choices. And we told him we wanted to stay close to where we were. Um, and then, um, he recommended a finance guy who, um, worked with Barry basically through phone calls and emails. Um, and you know, Barry has commented, he's never actually met Alex, the finance guy. Um, it, everything has been through just phone calls and emails for financing. Um, and I guess it was two weeks ago, it was around Easter that we looked at five houses over two days and we met with our realtor, Troy. Um, he gave us hand sanitizer. We, you know, we weren't in a public place. Nobody was, nobody was at the houses that we were looking at. So we didn't wear masks. Um, and I, I just told the girls, you know, don't touch anything. Um, they brought little stuffed animals to hold, so it kept their hands occupied. Um, and, uh, you know, we decided on the place that we liked best, uh, the market. We had a whole bunch of houses saved that we really liked. And then once the social distancing and the quarantine went into place, a lot of the houses just went off the market. They just, they weren't available. People need to keep living in the, in the house that they're trying to sell. So um, when we did find a house that we liked, we kind of, I asked Barry, I was like, are we going to be sad if this is not our house? And the answer was yes. So, um, you know, we put in an offer for asking price and they accepted and, um, a few days ago, Barry went to the house with Troy and the inspection guy, and that was the inspection. So um, it's almost kind of like worked out 
that Barry's had more time off and been able to be home because he's been able to like expedite all of this paperwork that is usually takes a while or needs to be done in person since that is off the table now everything's you know docusign and through emails and everything um, and he's able to print his own copy and all that so it's actually been pretty easy um, it's just that you know the some of the things maybe that we wanted to have a newer house we didn't have a lot of choices giving what the market was but we really liked the one that we saw and we could see ourselves living there um so i don't really feel like we um you know had to give anything up in choice wise it's been relatively a smooth process what part of maryland are you um in we are in baltimore county we're outside of um city limits but we're very close so there were there was one house that looked nicer than the one that we chose and it had a pool and it was a little bit newer but the taxes were outrageous and the schools were not good so that was you know a discussion that we had to have with, particularly with lily because she was like why aren't we getting the house with the pool and we're like we are not gonna have a better house and put you in a worse school that's just not our family value right now like we need to put you in a good school um so yeah it's and it's still in the same zip code and mailing address town that we're in now um she will have to change schools but it's still close enough that she can visit the friends that she's made this year so i'm i'm from baltimore okay yeah um so baltimore's awesome make sure once it opens back up you're going to the market under 83 on sundays because it is so family oriented and amazing um that whole entire area i am so happy to hear that you found a house because we were looking for rentals up there in baltimore and in northern virginia and because amazon's coming in everything is taken mm -hmm. yeah we we just didn't um we were looking for more rentals than anything but i i was being very choosy because i'm pregnant and i'm choosy mm -hmm. as a person but I, I love baltimore and i really hope if, if you ever have any questions or anything or need recommendations just let me know awesome awesome um part of the reason <laughs> that that i would have been sad if we lost this house in the basement there's a, um, a full bathroom and it has a jacuzzi tub and i was like if we get another house that does not have this awesome tub yes i would be definitely sad i wanted to like when we think about like revenue streams outside the box one thing that we had we had an assistant here um that she quit right when like shit got real right so but we had set her up to be an um a notary and the reason for this is when my coming through becoming a midwife process like every time i turned around there's some other like some random piece of paper that i need notarized and so um it was just easier to get 
um, Shana to be a notary to like, it was like a hundred bucks or whatever. So then I, so now that Shana's gone, we were like, oh shit, now what are we going to do? Cause Mary's going to need papers notarized. I'm going to need more papers notarized. Birth just makes a lot of notarization. Okay. So um, one thing we were looking at is how to become a notary. And then we saw that there's an, something called an online notary. And I was like, wait a minute, because one of the things that one time I sold the house and we were having hottie hoop camp. I don't know if you remember that, Tiffany, like the notary had to come to hottie hoop camp. Like there was a mobile notary. So this is a thing being a mobile notary. But then what is the online, you know, mobile notary like version of that? And that's something that I think moms could do or well, like I don't want to limit it. Just folks who want to work from home but have a revenue stream. So I just wanted to throw that out, being a mobile notary. What is that? And, um, you know, research that and look at that because that's a revenue stream. And as now things are more, as we're doing stuff less face-to-face then you know, and nobody wants to go to their bank to get something notarized now, then what does that look like? You know, maybe that's a, a, a business option. Because I'm seeing a lot of like entrepreneurs also like say, like what businesses are thriving and what businesses are having to pivot as things go down. So. All right. What other things have changed or are new normals that like a month ago we were like, holy fuck, how are we going to get through this? And now it's like, oh, okay, that's kind of normal or legit. Any other thoughts? Unemployment. (laughs) I was on uh, like the last two rounds of interviewing for this job up on the East Coast, it was a five-part interview because it was a government job. And then they just were like, oh, hey, the government is closed. Like all of this is put on hold. Uh, you're, it wasn't even put on hold. They were like, you can reapply in um, October. And I was like, cool. I just spent three months going through interview processes for this job that I'm no longer getting. And then my husband started a job with the company that was brand new. So he wasn't guaranteed a position to go back to. So we're kind of navigating like, what can we do now? Well, it's still going to keep our family safe and, and, you know, potentially not expose anyone else to coronavirus and make, make an income. Uh, I haven't come up with much because I can't sell any baked goods or work anywhere because they're saying if you were tested positive to stay home for 30 days now instead of just the two weeks so we've literally been staying home um and because you can test you can be like asymptomatic and still and just shed it so it's the same for michael and ronan like none of us have left but it's just kind of like one of those things where once that 30 days is up like what what should we start doing to produce some sort of income? I've been applying for jobs like crazy online, um, but I hate applying for jobs online, especially Indeed, because nothing ever comes of it. So that's an idea. If anyone, I like the notary idea. Um, I think that's something that that I'm I'm definitely gonna look into because even if it's just some sort of like you know two hundred bucks a month that's 200 bucks a month that I don't have right now so I don't know if anyone has any ideas on supplemental income that I won't be exposing anyone uh I tried doing the phone sex operator job and the company that I was with they the woman like 
was really shysty and she didn't pay me the proper amount. And when I approached her about it, she was like, oh, well, you have to pay this fee and this fee to get started. And I was like, these weren't discussed. Like these extra fees that you're charging me for connection and me producing my own phone line were not discussed in our original agreement, nor were they in the contract. So I kind of got a little bit um, pushed away from that. I've started looking back into it a little bit, but it's kind of also difficult because even if you're charging or like a lot of companies charge like between like five and $10 a minute, uh, you don't, you, you like as the person sometimes don't even make a dollar a minute. So that's kind of discouraging. Um, but that's, if anyone has any other ideas, that would, I'm open to that. Uh, when Barry was at the inspection, when he came home, he was surprised at how much it cost. Um, I think we, on the finance estimate, it estimated at like 250 and it cost like over 500. Um, it did come with the radon test which was included, which was good. But when he came home, he's like, I wonder if I could do that as like a side job because he was there for two hours and I'm sure most of that money is going back to him. He's the one doing the work, writing up the report. Um, so that was an idea that he had just because Barry is like that. He's like, how can I make money? How can I make money? Um, but I, I have no idea what entails like getting approved for that or certification or how long you have to go to I don't know realtor school or inspection school or something like that but that was just um, an idea he had that came through that experience. I used to know somebody who was an inspector but he wasn't um, self-organized at all and so he could never like keep his shit straight enough to like go and do but I think if you're a self-organized person um, then that's something that's really um, helpful. Oh, y'all, I'm going to throw this quiz up in the chat, but I read this book called The Four Tendencies. Well, I'm reading the, the book. And so I'm having everybody um, take the quiz. So there's four types of people. There's, um, and it's all about external and internal expectations, right? So the internal expectation is that um, there's like four types of people. And so if you do well with internal pressure, but not external pressure, then that's called the questioner. The questioner always has to ask, why do you want me to do some shit? And then the rebel, like it doesn't matter if it's an external expectation or an internal expectation, they can't do shit. And then the fourth, the third one was, um, it's called the obliger. So if it's an external expectation, they'll get it done. But if it's solely an internal, they won't do it. And then there's called the upholder, which is like, you give me an external um, thing to get done and I'll get it done. And if I have an internal expectation, I'll get it done. So um, that's me, the upholder. My sister, Dr. B over there, big questioner. So um, I'm gonna put the link um, in the, the, it's a quiz, you can take an online quiz, and uh, but it doesn't sell your information to Russia or the Ukraine or whatever. But um, I found it really interesting because then it's like, then you can start to see like what kind of jobs and what kind of things might be good for you. If it's up to internal scheduling and, and that type of stuff, then you need to be the questioner or the upholder. But if external is kind of your jam, than you know, upholder or um, the um, obliger. And I don't know about rebels. My brother-in-law is a rebel. I'm like, good luck, buddy. I, I don't know. So anyway, I'll put that link in here, but 
that's uh that that's by only two cents but barry seems like to be like he's internally driven and he can manage those things he's trying to look for money so anyway i'll throw that quiz in there but it kind of helps you see what kind of things might be good for you when you look for external or supplementary income I think Rowan talks about this regularly, but looking back at your skill sets and any skill sets you might have that might be useful during this time. Um, I know I've been sewing like a crazy person. Um, and I can't even keep up with orders for masks with the time that I have. It's not even a materials issue anymore. And I'm only asking people for shipping. Um, some people have given me a lot more um, as a thank you which has been good, um, but I don't feel right like actually charging. Um, but yeah, just again, going back and looking at all of our skill sets and how we might be able to apply them in this time. And hi, Carly. Carly, do you want to introduce yourself real quick? Oh, hi. Yes. Um, yeah, um, I'm Carly. Nice to meet everyone. This is Joel. Right now we're talking about ways to earn that don't expose other people. So for folks who are unemployed or looking to, to bring more money in. And so far we have, uh, um, let's see, we sex operator like sex phone work doesn't really there's a lot of like hidden fees and stuff you don't really get paid for the work that you're doing this group is kind of like you know whatever goes goes no judgment no you know like we're just here to like support each other yeah and um also it's come up being a property inspector because a lot of times you do that now especially when nobody's around and then we talked about uh distance notary because you can be a notary now but you don't have to be in person and uh caitlin over there is sewing her little fingers to the bone so that's what we're talking about right now. And if you, when you're not talking, just mute yourself. And um, but you're always feel free to jump in and say what you need to say. So. Okay. Oh, my name's Rowan. I'm one of the hosts. <laughs> uh, nice to oh, tip! I wanted to say a lot of hoopers are taping hoops and doing hoop classes now, and doing uh, like their classes. So that's been a big thing, like seeing folks who like had given up hooping or like hooping again. So I don't know if that was cool. I follow this woman on Instagram and it her thing is Mare Mare Meredith. And it's um she's like a she's a doula, but she's also she's got I think she's on baby number five. And um she is she posted she was like somehow i'm in the top 20 percent on OnlyFans, and that she's posting pictures of herself pregnant and she's just making bank and i was like man maybe that would be cool except i don't feel like like i i like the i like the uh the wall between the thing i liked about phone sex operator was because you could just pick a picture and be like here this is what you think i look like you know what i mean <laughs> this is 
it's not actually me. And because I'm like covered in tattoos. And so I was like, oh, well, you know, somebody could one day recognize my tattoo or something at a beach. And that just kind of like messed with my head and my ego a little bit. But um, I'm really liking the I idea of the the home inspection and the notary because uh, I don't, I'll, another thing that I was looking into is Cabo Bankers offering 50% off of their classes right now to get your real estate license. So I was like, oh, well, that, I mean, Houston is always booming um, with property. I mean, it's forever expanding. Hopefully it continues. So that could be something to, to look into, just taking the class now to, and then doing the testing when everything opens back up. Um, just some sort of income. I'm loving the babies on the screen, guys. You just keep that going. I want my sister to talk about tiny trees, microgreens. What do you want me to say? We're crazy. Well, my sister's been talking about growing microgreens in Marfa for, oh my God, at least four years I've been hearing about this. Um, mostly because I moved to Houston like five years ago, four years ago. I don't remember. Um, so we lived in the same space. So I hear all the things that I used to hear sometimes, not all the time. So Rowan has been wanting to grow. Y'all, I'm an idea generator, like all day long, 365. It's on. It stopped for six months after my mom died, but it is back. You just don't look busy enough. I'll tell you what to do. True. True. So um, in Marfa, she has the vision that when we live there, that we, they have a little farmer's market that they do in Saturday morning. And there's like maybe six restaurants. Um, so Rowan wants to be the microgreen provider and they're kind of some posh restaurants right so they might like a little sprinkling of a microgreen if you don't know what microgreens are um, it is not tiny lettuce it is actually a super rich dense nutrient green um, that is microscopic so um, a lot of people use them like we had salmon the other day and I was like, I just want to put a little microgreen on the top. Like you can see the vision of little greens on your tacos or um, on salmon or anything. Just, you know, put a microgreen on it. So um, we have completely converted my kitchen where it used to be the dog area and like schlepped that out. And now it is a microgreen growing bonanza. So we had started taking this course um, that Rowan wanted me to take. So we started taking it and then his, some of his stuff is left to be desired, like how to set up the rack. I'm like, how the fuck, you know, he gives you this list, but I'm like, what do I do with this list? And so then Rowan found someone else on YouTube. So I'm watching their little videos, um, which are way more jazzy, by the way. Um, so between all this, I think we'll have all this kind of set up, like I ordered all this shit and then I sent a bunch of it back, which I feel bad about. Um, I'm only ordering stuff from Amazon that I think is going to be helpful in this time. Um, for my family, like microgreen growing for us and our friends, I think is helpful because it's food. So I feel okay about that. Um, but I'm not ordering that hairbrush that I want or whatever. So, um, so anyway, we're like close. I keep thinking that if we can get some seeds in the dirt by the end of April, I will be on top of the world. 
I would love to be eating some of our first crop by mid-May. So Beltane is my goal to get this shit in the dirt and growing. So crossing fingers. I'll have to give you all a picture in the group um, when we get stuff going. Right now it's a wreck, but is coming it soon. Hydroponic system indoors or it's indoors, it's dirt. We looked at hydroponics versus soil and hydroponics like the um little dirt mats they're expensive and then you can't really compost them or and you can't reuse them so we have chickens and um one compost pile soon to be a second and it just it needs to be natural it needs to be something that the chickens i'm not worried about them eating and something that will become something else in our composter so um our compost pile we don't really have a thing it's a dog crate we're real low tech over here so is that my good update, Rowan? Okay. <laughs> well, I'm excited about this. And like, here's the thing, like it, good luck to you trying to find some microgreen seeds because I'm not the only person with this good idea. In fact, somebody that I don't like very much on Facebook, who is one of those like friends that like, I don't even know why she friended me, but she's like, does anybody know anything about microgreens? And then somebody else was like, well, you just get this jar. And I was like, no, no, dude, that's sprouts, see? And I just like liked it and kept going. But I'm not the only person with this good idea because I saw somebody else and Marfa was like had some uh, microgreens that are clearly subpar to the ones that I will soon be growing, which is my approach to anything. When somebody has an idea, the same idea that I had, like, I'm like, that's cool. I just try not to see what they're doing very much and then blow it out of the water, like do so amazing that everybody's like, oh, look at this cool thing, you know. So I'm not much intimidated by competition. My goal is to just be better. So see that determination? That's that upholder in me. Like, screw you, man. I'll just be better than you. Um, it's unattractive and I'm sorry that you have to see this, but here it is. So anyway, so that was one thing that we did because with microgreens, we could feed ourselves and have nutrient dense uh, little greens and I love them. And oh, there's Coraline. And then when I just briefly mention it to other people, like we might have some overflow to sell, people are like right on. So then the idea is like, what well, we don't eat ourselves, then we'll just do some overflow, um, overflow sales off our porch, like just porch pickup, like real chill, you know? So this is kind of like our ideas. Um, how do we take care of ourselves? But at the same time, if there's overflow, we can sell. And I also have a plan where I have chickens because microgreens aren't without making their own waste, right? So I can like feed the chickens the little scratch, you know, and it keeps them busy and then they can scratch around and whatever. It's like, it's a good close cycle. So that was, but I had had that idea for a long time. And so I think this situation was the one that just kind of pushed us over into that, like, let's make it happen. So Mama D, have you been doing any virtual dueling? I have. I had a virtual birth like two weeks ago or something like that. Um, and <laughs> my kids are always like yelling like when I start talking. Um, and uh, it went really good. It was so what had happened was is that she was special, she was going for she had a breech baby for the walk for like she couldn't get the baby to turn and they were going to do a C-section 40, at 40 weeks. She wanted to wait. And the day before, she went into labor. And so I was at her house. And then she was going to go in. And we all kind of thought, okay, she's going in for a C-section. But when they checked her, she was, uh, um, the baby had turned. The, the nurse was like, are you sure it's supposed to be a butt? Because I feel a lot of hair. So it's good for her. It was really great. 
but I couldn't get in. Um, even though I had heard that this hospital was letting in doulas, they weren't letting me in. So I um, virtually doula them both, mostly the dad. Um, and it was still like, it was very fulfilling. I thought I would have a hard time because, um, you know, I, I was worried like, you know, a lot of my work is physical and emotional, but in labor, a lot of it is physical. Um, and I was really worried about that, but I think, I think, like there's two sides like having a um a partner or spouse or whomever is there because i i don't see the reality of actually virtually dueling a mother in labor like i think it needs to be like there needs to be another person in there of um somewhat sane mind to help duel the mother and so it's like i'm more coaching that person and it was her husband was very like I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes. Okay. We will try that position. And, oh, I, I see it now with that diagram. Yes. Like we're doing that, you know, whereas there was another one that I actually, um, uh, uh, doula virtually and the dad was like way across the room from the mom. And I was kind of like, okay, so let's, let's get over there. Let's come next to mom. Like, you know, get, you know, you can do it. And I you know he was just, I don't know, maybe scared or shy. Anyway, so that's, that's what's going on in the virtual doula world. I've got one other mom left. I'm hoping they let me in, but we'll see now that like things are starting to, I guess our governor is like being more relaxed, which I don't know how great I feel about that, but, um, but yeah, that's the virtual doula world right now. Got it. Got it. Corley, what do you do professionally or did you do? Um, I do hair. Uh, so we are still on lockdown. Um, I'm in Midland, um, so we can't do anything, but yeah, I do hair. Cool. Bev's a hairstylist too. Oh, awesome. I was like, yeah. And I was thinking, Bev, like you're so pretty. And, and you're both you know, a beta. Huh? Cool. They're both a Veda. Oh shit! Right, Bev, you do a Veda. Yeah, I'm pretty. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Well, I went to a Veda Institute for school. I ha I wasn't working in a, a Veda salon, but yeah, I'm a Veda family. That's awesome. Because I saw somebody doing like a skin like consultation, like a virtual skin consultation, and I thought like you know I was just trying to think like. Like, even Bev, if you threw it out on, like, like your social media platforms and stuff, if people wanted, like, hair consultations of, like, what kind of haircut would be flattering or something like that, because I think we all, like, are itching to um, kind of, like, well, you know, like, you've seen those memes where people are, like, running down the street, and, you know, they have big bushy hair and big bushy eyebrows and, you know, cloven hooves for feet and all, like, running to the hair salon or whatever. Um, like, no joke, this is going to be me, and I'm not, I don't even really roll that way, but, like, these eyebrows need some dyeing, Okay. So, but I was wondering if like, um, like consultations so that people um, know where to most strategically put their money. Cause we might, you know, like we have to really strategize what, where the best money spent is. So I don't know. I was thinking like maybe a consultation of like, if this, you know, getting some makeup overhaul or getting your hair done or something, or like coming up with some type of package like that. Cause one thing that I know about you, Bev, is that you're um, almost shockingly pretty. And then when you put makeup on, like, you know, it's hard to even pay attention sometimes because you're just so distracting because you got all that going on there. So um, that's a way to like use that as marketing. Just a thought. 
So I actually have um, done a couple of hair consultations. Um, I mean, nothing serious, but it's not something that I'm like advertising, but people have like came to me and asked me. And then uh, one of my friends texted me the other day and she was like, please, please do my hair. And I was like, no, <laughs> you have to wait. I'm sorry. I love you. But like, there's no point right now. Like I'm risking my license and my health and your health and it sucks because I want to do hair so bad. I want to get back to work. I was job searching before all this happened and I was about an inch away from getting a job and then, um, and then this happened. So I'm definitely missing it, but I keep telling people, um, you know, the more you box dye your hair, the more money I'm making in the end, because you're going to have to pay up for that color correction later on. So One of uh, the, another, I'm an Instagram person. I love Instagram. I hate Facebook. Um, this girl I follow on Instagram, it's called That's that's Flow. The, the, their salon is called Flow. And it, she's been doing tutorials on like, here's how you get the wavy look. Here's how you do this. And then selling product, um, for like a porch pickup product sort of thing. So I don't know if you have your own product that you could sell also, but, or just start, I, I like that tutorial uh, idea, consult, consultation idea, or just, you know, maybe start a Zoom and have people, you know, pay X amount to watch you do your own hair so you can teach them how to do it. Because I, I don't even brush my hair anymore. Like, I just, but I wish I did sometimes. I, sometimes I wish I could, you know, make it look bigger than it is because it gets flat every time I'm pregnant. but. We'll come back. <laughs> One thing that um, Mary, who's, uh, she's actually sitting in here with me today, but she's my practice partner. Mary had for a friend who's a makeup person that she threw this idea out and they didn't pick it up, but that everybody has a mask on right now, right? So like, what about makeup tutorials that just, uh, that just help people express right here, right? So that's an idea because you don't want to have big rougey lips or whatever that's like rubbing up in here but having makeup tutorials from here up, especially for people who are glasses and like what stuff could they put on the inside of their glasses or I don't know. But like, if this is what people's impression is of a lot of people, this is a, you know, makeup tutorial all day long. And even if it wasn't something that was a revenue stream creator, it would still keep you relevant. And so you could be like, Hey guys, today I'm going to do this tutorial or whatever. And then, Oh, now I'm open again. I can do your hair or I can do your makeup with you and we can step by step one time before, um, I had a video shoot somebody came over and like she used an old Mary Kay template it was like a face and she made a list of shit for how me to for how I was supposed to put my makeup on for the shoot and that was one of the most valuable things I've ever paid money for so I think just doing those types of things to even keep like oh look at that baby um to keep yourself relevant is a really good idea and like this is a whole new wild west now of like just needing makeup from right here you know, and so get those bangs if you never wanted them before, if you have a big forehead or whatever. But I think this is where you could really, um, and you too, Carly, like you guys could both really excel if this is something you like doing, but it's a way to stay expressive and to share your stuff. And Bev had shared in a past um, show that, or episode or group or whatever, that putting on makeup helped her like, you know, feel like herself, that in her bra, right? So those are two things that by doing that for yourself and then help creating content. So. Anyway, 
Well, we're almost to time. Does anybody have anything burning uh, like up in them that they need to share before we go to next week? And is there anything you want to talk about next week too? Because we're all here together. Um, just real quick. So yesterday I had to take um, plan B and I haven't had to take that in like, well, I haven't chosen to take that in like years and I forgot how it makes me feel and it sucks so bad. And I'm, I've been already having anxiety because of what's going on with my son and, um, don't chew on that. Uh, and I don't know if it's the plan B making my anxiety worse or if it's just because it's making me sick to my stomach or I just don't know what to do and I'm out of like CBD and and I just feel really I just don't know what to do with myself so I just had to like I'm not I guess I'm not really like asking for solutions I just had to like say that and um complain I guess for a second solidarity man we hear you we hear you I also want to say, and I know that you know this bad, that um, plan B causes cervical scar tissue. And um, I totally got you. We got a plan for that. If that, you know, if you decide that you want to grow your family, then we have a plan for um, the scar tissue remediation. And uh, I have an online scar remediation course that I'm adding a section of just about cervical scarring. And I'll throw that link in the show notes. But, Thank you. Yeah, I, that's um, the biggest reason why I haven't taken it in so long. Um, but I just, I was like, I am not fucking getting pregnant <laughs> right now. So. And certainly cervical scar tissue is way easier to navigate than um, an unplanned and unwanted pregnancy. And sometimes the unplanned pregnancy that we make ourselves want so that we can, you know, navigate our heart. This is plan B is a way easier choice. So it's um, better on the body and better all the way around. So I applaud you for doing that. All right. There's a lot of head nodding for all those folks who are listening later. There's every person in here is like nodding their head and loving up on Bev because we got her. We got her. Okay. Well, um, thanks for being vulnerable, Bev. Has anybody got anything that they want to share before we bounce off or anything, a topic for next week? Thank you all for sharing your babies on the screens today. Second that, uh, my youngest does not allow me to hold other babies and she often talks about how I'm not supposed to pick up other babies. So this is my, my baby fix. Maybe next week we could talk more about scar tissue and all the things. All right, we can do it. I did a scar tissue webinar and it just sucked. I hated it. So um, we can do, we can talk scar tissue. That's a great one. And I'll have it together. And I even learned of a new protocol. So I'll just get it together and we'll share it and away we go. Okay, because it's a big problem and it's really underdressed and we'll just go from there. All right, everybody. Well, let's unmute ourselves and tell each other that we love each other because we do. And uh, Carly, glad to have you. Hope to have you back next week. Yeah, if you want us. If you want to sign up for um, text reminders, it gives you a link directly to this group. Um, I'll make sure that we have that. Um, where is it? Oh, 
Oh, my nose is itching. I don't know what that means. Does it mean I'm going to win the lottery? Um, we'll put that link in the show notes. And um, Carly, I'd like to invite you to, we have um, a postpartum, uh, we have an afterbirth uh, after party group. It's on Facebook if you're a Facebook person. And um, that's where you can sign up for the link. And also make sure that um, Caitlin gets it to you because I think that Caitlin said you're a friend. So, um, but anyway, it's also it just, on our website now because I judge the website. It's on the website. That's the link I'm going to give you, by the way, because our website is Baller. Okay. Preggers.rocks. 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 Okay. Thanks. Thanks, Dr. B. Okay. Well, unmute yourselves and tell each other we love each other, and we'll see you next week. See you. Bye, you guys. Bye. Bye. You guys always bring me so much joy. Love you Bye, babies. Are you wanting to join in the conversation but keep missing us live? Then sign up for text reminders at www.preggers.rocks. That's www.preggers.rocks. And we'll see you Tuesday at 11 a.m. Central Time. Oh, thank you.